Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello Egg Chasers, it's the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast, the podcast about rugby that doesn't take itself or the game too seriously, and the podcast about rugby that is here with you 52 weeks of the year. Yeah. Now, I just want to mention something, I'm very impressed with us, because it's pulling back the curtain a bit, but you just did that introduction without being able to hear the music, and what that makes me feel like is, do you ever watch those Special Forces films, and they communicate in complete silence? <laughs> like, just, yeah, just yep. like... Uh, Pointing at the eyes, tapping their head, yeah. signalling. It's like uh, it's amazing. It's, you know, like Ian McGeekin's speech in the '97 Living with Lions yeah. video, where he says one of his speeches. He says, "You know what you're going through together." I'm paraphrasing because he says it a lot more eloquently and powerfully than I ever could. But he says, "If in effect, you know what we're going through together, some one day you'll see one of these men that you're in this room with right now walking down the street. Yeah, you won't say a word. It'll just be a look, and you'll know." The fact that I managed to press that button and you managed to do that, do that intro, it's like if I just gave you the small sign and you adjusted your uh, telescopic gun sight by two clicks and then squeezed the trigger gently three times. You, we, we just know. I've no idea whether you're listening to this on the way to work um, or a little break from uh, during the festive period. Have you got any more work to do, Phil? I've got a bit to do tomorrow. I'm, yeah. I'm officially off tomorrow, but I've got a few things that need to get done. I'm guessing I'm going to have a bit of free time. So, yeah, I'm, I'm off for Christmas. <laughs> I've got, I've, tomorrow's my last day. Is uh, it? Work, yeah, so I'm working on Monday and then... Uh, what happens to Virgin Radio when you're off? Well, I mean, obviously, it's uh, all grinds to a, a, a halt. halt. Yeah. Do they get, like, a locum in, like a Chris Moyles or someone? <laughs> someone <laughs> substandard. Substandard. No, everybody is outstanding <laughs> that works, works on the station, obviously. No, actually, because I'm... Basically, the, the big names get... This is the way radio works. The big names get the first choice. They can just have. So when I used to do the breakfast show on XFM Manchester, you'd like, be working Christmas I'd, not anymore. I just pick. Like I want, I want two weeks off over Christmas and New Year. Fair <laughs> enough. It's just the way it goes. I'm, I'm further down the pecking order. So it's my choice was Christmas or New Year. Oh, you don't mm. get both of it. Which one do you want to work? Do you know what? To be fair, you don't want both. It's, it's, it's too long. Yeah, with JB and uh, my wife, wives are both doctors, and they normally when they're doing um, shifts. They normally have the same decision, and Claire tends to alternate. So I've one year doing Christmas Eve, Christmas, mm. Boxing Day, and then the following year doing New Year's Eve, New well, Year's Day. Do you know who has no time off over the Christmas period? Uh, us? Rugby players. And rugby podcasters. And rugby podcasters. Well, this rugby podcast. This, yeah, some some rugby pos- podcasters. Exactly. Um, what a fascinating week. I mean, it was a week which I looked at the, at the fixtures for the, for the, for the Premiership. And uh, I found almost every game hard to call. And yeah. then in the end, there was some utter beatdowns. Mm. Utter, utter beatdowns. It was a weekend of beatdowns. Yeah. Um, well, there was a few beatdowns. 
Um, some beatdowns that until 50, 60 minutes did not look like they were going to be beatdowns. Specifically, the Gloucester-Worcester game. Yeah. Three all at half-time. Um, it was only after the yellow card late on, or with 20 minutes to go, that Gloucester ran away with it. And the Exeter-Leicester game. Yeah. I, I had a thought about this, right? Going into these games, it was hard to pick. And I think everyone had a healthy amount of respect for everyone else. So I'll give you an example. Worcester, uh, who I thought could win this game. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Gloucester thought the same thing. And it wasn't until like halfway through the game they thought, actually, we're going to batter these guys. I wonder if it's because it's so even going in, all the teams felt fairly even. Because everything seems to happen, with the exception of Bath, fairly late on in the games. Yeah, it did. Um, but Gloucester that, would be confident at home, I'd yes. say. It was more, I think they were probably surprised at how resilient that Worcester defence was. Yeah, they were, weren't they? They were bloody, it was impressive, impressive stuff, particularly in that first half. But that goes two ways, right? Because if you think about playing Worcester or being in a game like that, one of two things happens. So you come off the field if you're Gloucester and go, we threw everything at that and we still haven't scored, that's a nightmare. Or you come off the field and say, we are well on top. Let's go out there and absolutely batter them. It's like, well, it's like Dolph Lundgren by about round 11 in Rocky Four when, when he turned to his trainer and went, he's, he's not a man, he's like a piece of iron. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, but instead of going, I'm battering him. If I just keep going... Yeah. The, yeah. Uh, you know, he's well, it, you know what? it happened to Sale against Gloucester, of, of, all, of all teams, because Sale were on t- completely on top of Gloucester all first half at the start of the season. And I was speaking to one of the Gloucester players afterwards, and they're like, when we came off at half-time, we knew that we'd weathered the storm and that we could go out, go out there and win. And I was kind of surprised that Worcester didn't feel that way. Yeah, at Worcester, they never got the territory in possession. They were just always absorbing Yeah, and when they had the, the ball, what did they do with it? Well, So one thing, I, I mean, I'm not trying to say I was right, but I kind of am going to say I was right. <laughs> Please, well, well, one, thing I have been, one thing I have been saying for several weeks on this podcast now is it's you can't judge the first five weeks of the Premiership a- a- accurately. So you can't say we need to temper saying Northampton are incredible. We need to temper saying that Leicester are absolutely awful and Bath are dreadful. You can't judge it yet. There's a load of international players that have been away at the World Cup. There's some big holes being filled. We'll start to get a sense now and again I mean you don't want to jump from one conclusion to another but I think you can look with a lot more optimism if you're Bath and, and even Leicester than, than, yeah. than prior to this weekend yeah and and conversely if you are London Irish yes you will be pessimistic oh, where otherwise me. you would have been up to this point pretty optimistic because mm. that was a that was a real beat done that was probably the biggest in terms of the way the game went even bigger than Saracens uh, Bristol yeah. Do you remember London Irish two years ago? Started relatively well, got points yeah. on the board, and then their performances fl- fell off a cliff. Yeah, and they just could not win a game. And you and you hope you hope for them it, it, this doesn't have that sort of effect, but that could be a demoralizing that's psychological it, it? psychologically demoralizing defeat. Yeah, that, that that's exactly right. And They've I, got some big names this time round though, that that should make mean that make them more resilient I, than that. I count them up and I'm pretty sure they had something like I'm going to say 12 Southern Hemisphere players starting for them today. Yeah. In the starting... so well, Certainly only one of the pack is English. Then Means, obviously not in English. Um, you've got Myler. Then you've got the Coleman, inside, Maffey. The inside uh, centre was born in uh, London. Van der Merwe. Cowan is New Zealand born. I, yeah, I get six Northern Hemisphere players in the starting lineup. 
excluding Cowan. Yeah, and actually, you exclude, if you exclude that 12 as well, because he was born in London. Um, yeah, that's excluding him. So Jackson, Stevenson, Hassel Collins, Myler, Hobbs, Awomi, Awoyemi, uh, Hoskins, I'm assuming is... Australian. Is he Australian? Yeah. Okay, then five. Five. Yeah. Um, I think what they have... Northern Hemisphere. I, I spent, I spent um, some time with them this week uh, at the training ground, and I think that they are making up and talking about that as part of their identity. They're a team of exiles. It's not just the exiles. It's like, we're, we're, we're a team from all over the world. We've come together. This Why not rebrand this London Southern Hemisphere? Just the season. <laughs> but I th- I, yeah, they're, they're trying to take that on as their identity, acknowledge that they are from, from distant corners. But yeah, this, this is a total reversal of the game at Ashton Gate two weeks ago, when or a few weeks ago, when they... Managed to squeeze out a twenty-seven all draw with fourteen men for the entire second yeah. half. Yeah, that was real like mental resilience. Yeah, and the the fight and the heart that mm. they showed in that game compared to well, the total lack of. Did Did you both watch it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I thought it was the most amazing game to watch. It, it was ridiculous as a neutral. Yeah, I mean, I've never seen a game where, I mean, once it. It's hard to say. There are elements of the game where I thought they did all right. I thought the pack was reasonable. I think they struggled in the scrimmage eventually. But I thought it was just brutal watching the Irish back three. I mean, it was it was hard to watch at times. Well, they're missing Naholo, and who would be their fullback when everyone's fit? L- well, Loder. Jackson. Loder. Loder and Naholo. Jackson has been playing yeah, yeah. fullback. Well, he, he went off early, and yeah, Loder true. and Naholo weren't there. Do you riddle me this, right? I, I, I yeah. get Curtis Rona's not a winger. I want to put. I know you want to put your most expensive players on the field, right? Like, for instance, Rona on the on the, on the wing. Why pay Paddy Jackson the reported money that he's on and throw him at fullback? It just seems like I'd rather put Myler there. Oof. I mean, Myler didn't have a good game in this game. No, did but he? yeah, but Jackson's but, like you want your best player playing ten, right? Yeah. And presumably, he is the best player. He's, he's probably the best player. Well, other than they've squeezed out their wins by being quite pragmatic, mm. which suits Myler. Box kicking. Kicking sticks. Yeah and, do, yeah, and don't get me wrong, I don't I don't think Myler's a bad player at all. And if you you know, like you say, Tim, if you're pragmatic, you know, Myler is not a bad I mean, he's seen everything. He's he's been there before, he's very calm, he, he can kick his well, goals, he, he can kick around the field. Priestland today looked like a guy that all oh, right, he's not he's not gonna do much incredibly flash himself, although he has had some moments this season, but he'll he's got great players outside him, just let him yeah. let yeah. him give him the ball. But then Priestland in a game like this so Priestland and the whole Bath backline looked brilliant. Because they were afforded so much oh, time yeah. on the ball by what was the sl- seemed like the slowest London Irish defence I've ever seen. They were just just waiting for Homer, Watson, Jonathan Joseph, Rocco Dagooney to do something yeah. instead of coming on and putting pressure Rocco on them. Rocco to me, looked like a guy playing at 50%. I don't know if you, if you got that. <laughs> but like, he didn't there was look one like... run down the right wing in the first half. He didn't ever look like he put his foot down completely. Like, you, you you expect him to be lightning fast. He was kind of, I don't know, just looking for other options. He looked relaxed. That's the best way to... His well, style of play was relaxed. He had so much time on the ball. <laughs> <laughs> Loads of time. Oh, my God. What, what do I do? I've got... There's, there's no, no one, one around com- me. No one coming up. No one putting any pressure on me. Yeah. It yeah. was it was worrying for London Irish. Again, because they have shown such heart in previous games, I think they will be able to... Just write it yeah, off I, as a bad day at the office. I mean, yes, I don't I think you're going to so. have... I mean, <laughs> I mean, we have to really spend some time deconstructing that Stephen Myler crossfield kick. That was... <laughs> I, I assumed it was penalty advantage. I mean, I thought... I, there's no way a man of that experience makes that mistake 
many times. The, the, what, I, what was the one where someone got just kicked the ball in their head? Is that what you're? Uh, oh no, 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 that was um, that was the oh, pass, wasn't yeah. it? From that the was reserve. that was me and kicking it into no, Phipps. Phipps. Phipps kicking it into me and no, no also, Phipps no. throwing it into Stokes. So Stokes was the lad that came off the bench who I've never he heard of. Came on at fifteen, and I felt so sorry for him because like yeah. you know he's not. I mean, I maybe it's a gap in my uh, in, in my knowledge, but I'm going to assume because I've never heard of him. He's not played much Premiership rugby. I'd assume. Yeah, I could be completely wrong. Uh, so he's put out there, and he just doesn't seem to be comfortable under the, under the high ball whatsoever. They then have to put Mean on the other wing, or something else happens. I think Stokes goes fullback. They've then got the other sub who comes on and then goes off, goes off again. I mean, London Irish weren't good, but I don't think the injuries helped them in any way whatsoever. No. The and injuries were brutal. And London yeah. Irish West scored as many tries in this one game as they have in the first five rounds of yeah. the Gallagher yeah. Premiership. So London Irish West looking all right by comparison and you know maybe will you retract a bit of no. the, the hooper in fact if anything i mean the I hooper stick okay so it's a difficult one uh because hooper is like he, he's always going to get it because he's head of the uh, head of the organization but actually i, I still believe that bath needs to get rid, rid of um talk uh, and who i mean the problem with hooper has is he's going to be linked no matter what he does to the previous five years. So ever since Bath went to that Premiership final, they have been in a constant state of flux, a constant state of rebuilding. They've gone through various senior guys. And through it all, Hooper has been either involved or in the background. He's basically the next guy up from whoever's in charge. I think if Bath needs to be successful, maybe they stick with Hooper and everything turns out rosy. I just can't see that being the case. I just can't. So no, uh, Hooper's still... Not Hooper himself, but the whole thing need, need, needs to be overhauled. Mm. But then, that, there again, it's Bruce Craig's club and he can run it how he wants. Yeah, he can do whatever he wants. <laughs> yeah, he's never going to On Hooper, just to, just to make basically the, the point that you made about London Irish in reverse, Bath have played really badly most of this season. They've had one good game against a team that under uh, totally underperformed. Yeah. Let's judge them yeah, in so another... Yeah. Well, the Which two, is the, the point next that you've two been weeks, making. The next two weeks of the Premiership. Yeah. Well, same with Leicester. The man who led Bath to that Premiership final is now one of the coaches at Leicester. And despite yep. defeat, I think Leicester fans can feel all right. I feel more confident about them. They cautiously agree. Now, I'm, I'm totally mixed on this one because that first half was good. The first half, they, they got they got their strike runners into the game. They looked hard, didn't they? They, they looked hard. They, mm. So the pack fronted up, but more importantly, or as importantly, they got they got Tuolaga into the game. They got Vianu, who's fit after yeah. so long of being in and out of Ford fitness. Ford looked awesome in that, in first, that first half. half. First yeah, half. <laughs> Ford getting the right platform from the forwards and then picking the right option, be it Johnny May or Thompson or Tuolaga. Johnny May's finish as well. Yeah, this first that. that one where he rolled, he had no right to score that. Uh, was it his second try? His second, his yeah. Second try, yeah. So and, and some of the, like, um, Taufua mm. looking dangerous, such a powerful runner. And Lavanini looking like that, Genge looking like that. But then for all of that good work in the first half that they did, and they were deserved leaders, they scored the three tries in the first half, they then mm. had almost no ball, almost no territory, not even a, a foothold on the game, and just were slowly strangled by Exeter to the point where they were trying to play out of their own 22 when they had no... They'd not earned the right to be able to play they out panicked. of their 22. They to type. They totally, totally panicked. And it was a lack of fitness, a lack of structure, a lack of the pack uh, being able to continue that dominance. 
And that meant that the whole team capitulated. Yeah. That's what I'd be really worried about. Because it Vaughan extra a good team, there, but... The, one th- the guy who I really rate, and we didn't see him much la- uh, last year. I mean, I'd have to look back at the team sheets to make that exact statement. But uh, Will Spencer... I mean, I think he adds some real steel. Well, so they've got, got Callum Green in there now as well. He does the same. Yeah, so you're, they've got Callum um, Green at six, haven't they? Yeah. Labanini, Will Spencer. Like, okay, here we go. They're ready for fight. And it does make a difference. When he went off, they got a bit softer. Uh, and we've just not seen him all last season, which is exactly what they need. If they can get him, Labanini, Callum Green, if you get a mixture of those coming in and out, I think they're going to win... The, no, they're going to do marginally better than what they've been doing. Yeah, well, they, they might be able to... Well, again, we can't we can't flip everything on its head, but wasps have some issues, and London Irish could we see the sort of uh, the the air coming out of their balloon? I don't know, yeah, but um, potentially. Let's jump into some of those games. But there's, there's been some a bit a bit of news this week, and um, some really awful news as well. Yeah, oh yeah, really horrible. And I think it's I think it's worth mentioning. Yeah, um, news. At the age of thirty-six, that Ibrahim Diara um, died from a heart attack. Yeah. Now I don't know anything about the story other than obviously what you what you told me there. How was he playing, or what what was the situation? No, I think he was he had a heart attack and then was in hospital for a period of time and didn't make it. Right. Um, a hell of a player. Mm. Um, I was French international back, back in the r- late two thousands. Yeah, um, back row. Powerful, explosive back row. Uh, Retired at the end of last season in the, sort of the lower leagues in France, but got he was one of those guys that got one one cap, I think. Yeah, but he made it to the French team, and yeah, at the age of thirty six, absolutely awful. Um, and then crossing codes, but worth mentioning mm. that, that that yeah, rugby league, rugby league's Rob Burrows with motor neurone disease. You know, only a week after. Um, Doddy Weir inspired sort of the whole British sporting world with his yeah. his words and and. Uh, I mean, I, um, I don't really, I don't really even know where to begin with that. I mean, that's why I didn't tweet about it because I just can't think of anything really constructive to say about it. It's just it's such a horrific condition. Yeah, it's so often Ru- Burrows. So I, I used to watch a lot of rugby league. I mm. hardly any anymore. But Burrows was one of those absolutely electric players who just he would light up. Any game that he played in, because he's such a dangerous strike runner. He was electric. He was. He was absolutely electric. But he's he's a great example. He's one of the smallest players I've ever seen play. He's about five foot four. Yeah, he's tiny, isn't he's he? Absolutely tiny. But he, he's such such a talented player. It's it's yeah. horrible. Kind of, horrible. He's got. He had, he had some Colby esque quality to him, didn't he? Yeah, he, oh, his, break, his pick his pick and goes from um, halfback position is just brilliant. Yeah, I mean, I and think he played, probably, it, played in a great Leeds team as well. Yeah, I, I'm by no means the best person to talk about this, but I, I think maybe, um, you know, just go and read up on on, uh, on the disease itself. I I was lucky enough to speak to Doddy Weir in one of the events, and when he describes what it does and how it affects you, it was at the World Rugby Awards in Monaco yes, last year. That's right. Yeah, and um, it was on the podcast. Yeah, yeah. I, and but like when you understand actually what it means to the individual that has it, it's just the that's the most awful disease. Yeah. yeah, and everyone will remember seeing uh van der Vestesen. Um, oh, was, a few was that years. it as well? Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. Some of the most talented and hardest men. Mm. Yeah. Horrible. So at the, uh, particularly at this time of year, I think it's um definitely worth reflecting on that. Yeah. Uh, elsewhere, um Liam Williams 
Well, is it actually, is he actually signed? There's reports. It's, Let's it was, say he has. It was, I mean, it's happening, certainly re- it? reported on BBC uh, as well as Wales Online. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> so a reported 400k to take him back to Scarlet. I don't. I don't get this. I, I simply don't understand it. So the Welsh regions are not are not like teams as as we know them. They are there for other reasons. Uh, it's not to be competitive in the league, and it's certainly not to be competitive in um, in Europe by, by 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 the looks of things. When they buy a player in, for instance, like the Ospreys have, um, you simply never see them. I mean, Tipperick, I think I think it's something like six months since Tipperick last threw on an Osprey shirt. Same with played. Warburton back in the day. Obviously, injuries yeah, are part so of that. You know, same with Alan Wynne Jones. So this 400k, which I've got, I mean, if if Liam Williams can pick up 400k from a Premiership team, the WRU should say, please pay him 400k. <laughs> I mean, that would be great because then we can get you know four or five other players who will be the next who will be the next Liam Williams, to bring him into the Scarlets. For what reason? So they can finish third it, um, in a conference. Well, I, I can only assume that a, b- and, a big sorry. part of this is uh, being under WRU control. So they, unlike at Saracens, where they are going to make uh, make him um, give his money's worth yep. when he's playing for them, he will be playing in every game that they can get him into. It, the WRU can control him in the same way they you've described for Tips and Which Lydia are, and I Warburton. Think, yes, I agree with you, Phil. I think that is what it is. But in the when you think to have not done that for the last two years, mm. but to be doing it now immediately after a World Cup, <laughs> yeah, seems like the wrong yeah, exactly. seems it's like the wrong way around. Ve- if that's gonna, a very good point. If you're going to get your Welsh players back in, get them get them in in twenty. 21. Exactly. Yeah. So you've got 18 months, two years of them. In fact, save up all of that money now. Save yeah, all exactly. Yeah. The whole Welsh squad together. Yeah. Um, that, that's a great point. The other point is, Scholars have got Lee Halfpenny. So why have a team with two of the Welsh fullbacks? Why not spread them around a bit? I, don't, <laughs> <laughs> I just don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. Um, and lastly, I, I don't know if this is still the policy because I don't pay enough attention to, to, attention to Welsh rugby and frankly, nor should I. Um, but this idea of a market rates offer now, I have no doubt that 400k is the market rate. That's a good rate. But what does it say to every other fullback who has a Welsh cap? I mean, as soon as you have a Welsh cap now, are you worth 400k? I mean, how do you value yourself next to Liam Williams? You have to have the same amount of caps as him. You have to show, I mean, you have to be better under the high ball. Have they set a market rate? And if I'm then going up for renegotiation this year and I maybe have got 30 caps and I'm really, really good, can I just say, give me 400k? And they'll go, no, we're going to well, get 200k. Yeah, who would be comparable rate. in the world? Who legitimately could. Could in the world squad be knocking on the door now and going, um, <clears throat> you need to double my money? Like Justin Tipperick, for example? Uh, a, Brit- a British and Irish lion just Tipperick kind of player? Because that, that's the JD. JD. JD, yeah, JD. JD I mean, definitely we could, could legitimately knock on the door and go, like 400k, please. Josh, Ad- Josh Adams Josh is a great player. Like, he's, he's not a lion. But remember, True, Liam yeah. Williams has, has played yeah. a lion starter, won a European Cup. But you know, J- JD be- might be on that money. He yeah, might, he might was already a, be on that money. He yeah. was in France. He was. And came back. It should be the other way around, though, right? It should be if you're a lion, you're allowed to leave. You know, you you then satisfy the criteria. Yeah, you know, we we know that you're a good player. Off you go. I actually yeah. some more. I actually think that's a really good point. Yeah. Like if if you made it to a British and Irish lion, maybe particularly now Warren Gatland isn't also coaching Wales. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think that no one would raise their eyebrows at that rule. Yeah, this lion seems going to be purely English players. <laughs> Now, did did either of you read the Charlie Morgan piece in the Telegraph this week? No, but I do love all things that Charlie Morgan writes, so, so I'm happy to hear. So, on the squeezed middle of English rugby, mm. Premiership rugby. Yes, okay, please <laughs> tell, tell me about that. <laughs> so, saying that there's been a marked increase in the percentage of players who are earning below 70k yes. in the Premiership, yeah. and 
fewer players in that middle bracket of 70k to I can't remember the exact figure, but let's just say call it 200k that middle there are still a a similar number of players earning a higher number, uh, that higher number, the George Fords, the Pietau, this is gonna, the premium this players. Is gonna... It's the same with it's, it's it's the same with most entertainment industries, yeah, music, acting. As if it's a pyramid, and the majority of the money congregates at the very top. Yeah, very. It's, yeah, it's not. An, it, yeah, so exactly as uh, as Tim said, and just to put a bit more meat on on these bones here, I've I've actually written about something similar to this. It's the same in radio, by the way. I can say. Yeah, <laughs> I'll let you know when I'm at the top of the pyramid. <laughs> You're outside the pyramid, now, Tim. Uh, above the pyramid. Above, above the pyramid. The halo hovering <laughs> above the pyramid. <laughs> he, uh, I mean, don't say it sounds too loudly, but he's on TV money now. <laughs> money. Um, yeah, so it's got to the extent now that when the salary cap rises, they're pretty much using the, the the increase in salary cap not to spread this wealth among all the players. Far from it, they're using it to re up their most expensive players. Yeah, uh, and that's exactly what. It, I mean, I don't really. I think the team that gets to grips with the salary cap, this is not a shock, by, 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 by the way, um, or the teams that the teams that do it. Or the teams that are going to do much much better. So there's going to be a enormous amount of value now in that seventy to one fifty k player, and it's about sifting through them and making sure you can get them on the right value in the right sort of conditions. Because there's going to be lo- loads and loads of them. In fact, the majority of the squads are now going to be lower paid players. There is a money there is a money ball element here, isn't there? Yeah, Mass- because, massively. Because it's it's a really interesting one in the for for a lot of the season you're without say like a guy like Liam Williams. Yeah, like come a European Cup final if you get there, or semi final, or a Premiership semi final. It's like that's that's where these guys earn their corn, isn't it? Yeah. So in that just, one moment, yeah. And also match winners potentially. Mm. That's another point about Liam Williams, right? Which is when I saw those figures, the first thing I thought is not always oh, British and Irish lion. I never thought that. I thought he's a fullback. Now, don't get me wrong, fullbacks are important, but they're not four hundred k's worth uh, worth of important. Yeah. That's tight head property. Uh, so yeah, well, well yeah, that, that's what I was going to say. Where would you? Prioritize if if just purely on position because it used to always be like Richard Cockrell's old phrase back yeah. in the day at Leicester, my most valuable player is my tight head prop. My second most valuable player is my backup tight head prop. It's got to be fly half, isn't it? I think I think it is ten now. Got to be fly half. Yeah. So I do like fifteen as important, and if, and possibly the most expensive player in the league is Charles Pietau. Yeah. And Stuart Hogg. Hogg will exactly. yeah Hogg will be on. At least four hundred k, I would. I, think I would half, guess. A rumored half a mil. Yeah, yeah. that's that's what that's that's, what, that's, that's what the rumor was when he so signed. F- Fifteen, I think, is a, is a really important position. So there, are, there, there are t- but there's also positions. N- number right? eight is really important as well. Yeah, well, and number eight is what's going to come to. There are also some positions which are super important, but super common. Uh, back row, don't spend any money on money on back row whatsoever. There are hundreds and hundreds of back row out, um, uh, uh, out there which you can pick up for next to nothing, and with, they're going to be really good. I would say, with the exception of numbers eight, number eight. So six, six yeah. and seven, six and seven needs to come back. But someone who, someone like a Billy Vanapola or a Pickamalls or a Dwayne Vermaelen, there are, well, uh, literally uh, five the, of them. Yeah, there are there are <laughs> there are that few them. of guys of that talent you, who can do everything in heavy traffic. You would struggle to name all the great flankers that just reside in Sale Sharks. Y- yeah, fl- you know, flankers alone across the league. Flankers who are phenomenal at work rate and effort and tackling and hitting rook after rook after rook. Yeah. There are lots of those. Yeah. Um, and the number eight. So less. I met um, Mark Wilson th- uh, this week, and I'll talk about that later. Um, 
Actually, again, would you like to advance on your muscle tone of a chimp? Uh, <laughs> yeah, observation. I actually spoke to him about that. And do you know who referenced as one of his um, influences uh, growing up, Tim? Or say growing up, being in the world of rugby, so being the shape he is, uh, someone that you know. Oh, uh, PSBs. Nope. Um, uh, someone that you know. Do you oh, know Ward, Dan Ward Smith. No. no. Good guess though. Great ben, guess. Ben Ryan. No. Uh, yeah. He inspects things. Oh, James Hudson. Correct. Chem- chemistry. I went to university with him. He was in our, he was in the Bath Uni team, and um, uh, yeah, chemis- chemistry expert, nutrition nutrition ah. guru. Just so, sorry, just on the on the the um, salary cap point. Yeah, the example because this this links into what we're saying about back rows. The example that they gave was wings at Harlequins, and yeah. Charlie Morgan spoke to Charlie Walker, who was obviously released by. Released by Harlequins. Along with Tim Visser. Along with Tim Visser and Marlon Yard. So they they jettisoned. So it also referenced that Charlie Walker was on good money, apparently, um, because he had to take a significant pay cut to go to Zebra. But they've brought in two academy players. So they're they're starting wings at the moment. Merley and Ibatoya. Plus they've got Ishmael, who's a South African, who will have come cheap. And Goniver. Goniver, who is... Not that cheap. Not that cheap, but he's 35. Yeah. So, uh, and then Nathan Earl is the other one who's not that cheap, not that cheap but uh, he's injured at the moment. Like wings, ground trees. Uh, any any yeah. player, right, which is basically normal body shape and six foot-ish grows on trees. That, that's <laughs> loads of them. Yeah, there's loads of them. So if you need roughly that profile, you're fine. I think second rows are actually going to get more, more valuable because there's not many... M- it's like the Venn diagram. Massive mm, skills, see, massive fitness, I know, massive I know size. what you're saying, but actually the, 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 the main function of a second row... The main function, obviously, mm. this this would be to do down the top elite second rows job. But the main function of a second row is, to, is, is to hit things, yeah. beat people, and rucks. Yeah, be a, they're just you've just, you've just got to be you've just got to be six foot five. Yeah, so it's the, yeah. it's the same profile as the flanker as long as you are six foot five or taller. So yeah. what? So maybe a line out second row, a, a sort of line out expert second row. That the number five. I get what you're saying. The, the number four, I think they're the same. My, my brother was an example of that. A, a guy that oh, was, yeah, I'm with you, yeah. A guy that was just a, had a had a big engine. Will hit things all day. Do do a load of the work that the people in the stands don't see, but the teammates really value. Uh, you know, and um, you know, your beloved Sale Sharks got James Phillips, and they had Jonathan Mills who do Jonathan that, that exact legend. job. There's a l- too too good. Jonathan Mills. No, 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 no. Anyone hands. anyone who plays in the Premiership is an outstanding elite yeah, athlete. Yeah, absolutely right. Two good tight head locks there. Uh, and <laughs> uh, Exeter have got guys like Dave Dennis who just and yeah. just hit things all day. Uh, that's exactly yeah. So yeah, you're right actually. And you it, can pick up one of them from a, a Pacific Island or New Zealand or Australia or South Africa. Have got all the South Africa have got them everywhere. Yeah, or the Championship. Or the Championship. Why, why yeah. are these right? Serious point, right? Why are Premiership clubs not over in Holland scouting right now? <laughs> handball players or Hand- ice hockey? Yeah. ice hockey players. Can you run a lot and hit things low <laughs> to the ground? Well, not yet, but I could in three months. Brilliant. Get, get in sale <laughs> FC right now. That's what I'd be doing. You're six foot six. Yeah. You're 120 kg. Perfect. <laughs> You'll Perfect. do a job. It's like, yeah. In fact, that's what they need to do. Premiership clubs because it'll be outside the salary cap. Need to hire a scout. We'll do this. Mm. You go and hang out in. Um, <laughs> go and hang out no. in Tbilisi. Go and check out Dorman in Tbilisi. <laughs> <laughs> Handball players in Holland. Yeah. And, and what you else? Say, and uh, you say that so flippantly, Tim. I can't imagine how bloody miserable it is to watch amateur rugby in Utrecht and like just waiting for the six foot six person to run out and they never do and they don't yeah. run out for about a hundred odd games <laughs> or then we'd have to all go to watch handball for an after no thank you and or uh, uh, a 
a, a sort of cat burgling petty criminal that could, <laughs> could be transformed into a winger, like a young kid on a rough estate somewhere yeah. who's good at running away from the police. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Got a job for you, Sunshine. <laughs> Wing. Not, not, well, There's what, a movie in this, assembling a team of, 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 of waifs and strays from the various mis- places. I'll yeah. tell you what you do, is you get you is you go to Barcelona and you'd get your wallet, <laughs> right? And you'd have your wallet on like a bit of a string attached to an alarm and you'd have it poking out of your jeans. Walk around Los Rambles. And as soon as it goes, it sets off the, the, the alarm, die pack. We've already got the suspect. We can see if he can pass and catch and that kind of, that, uh, uh, and that kind of thing. We could assemble a whole academy within a day. Or, or just actually have wallets with no cash in them. Perfect. Oh, just a card cards. in them saying, call us. <laughs> <laughs> we want you. Yeah, with your skill, wanted. <laughs> Excellent. I think we've solved a, f- a few salary cap Absolutely. issues there. Yeah. Well done. No other news knocking around, is there? Oh, Rob Howley. Rob Got his 18-month a- ban. I don't know what to think about. Suspended by uh, nine Rob months Howley. suspended. So, yeah, 16th of June 2020, he can be involved in rugby again. Uh, I mean... Uh, so, so the bets, it was 363 <laughs> different bets. A lot of them on the Welsh team. Well, there's only t- 24. Four yes. or twenty-five on the on the connected event. One on a Welsh player. Two, to score. two on Welsh players to score tries. To score tries first. Named oh. named players in named international matches uh, to score tries. I, I, but, he he lost money. Yeah. So there were over a thousand games he bet on. Normally, um, normally, normally doubles, triples, triples, and accumulators. Um, uh, normally, only small amounts, and it was described as. Um, his recreational gambling. He did it all through his Wales online email address. That's right, Wales online. Wales rugby. <laughs> WRU oh email God. address and phone number. Oh, Rob. But it was it was only s- only small amounts. And it just comes across as I... it, it comes across as total stupidity combined with if you read the judgment and it this was mentioned in the press as well. Um combined with um, some personal issues because the trigger appears to be yeah. his sister's death. When you say death. small amounts, what are you talking about? Well, the, 60 quid? No, no. Way quid, way, two, two so it, it's not specific about it, but the the one, the first, oh. the first one where there is a named Wales international player to score a try in a named international match, which was Wales versus Highland this year in the Six Nations, um, was, it's in the, it says in the judgment, no more than a few pounds. So wow. you're talking three oh. or four pounds. I mean, like... So many and, and, he, and overall, over the number of the bets that they investigated, he lost four thousand pounds. Four grand, yeah. Okay, so that's. A, I mean, is that okay? I mean, over uh, yeah, so that's, that, is over, that is over a five-year period. Yeah, four so, grand loss. You know, divide that into how many eight hundred pounds a year. So a few pounds a few on, as the average on that. Bet. I mean, it's embarrassing. So, is it more embarrassing that he didn't win? I mean, like, if you're looking to employ him next time, does he really know what he's talk, talk, talking about? At least get one of the... Oh, sorry. Uh, just, get, just get one of the try scorers, surely. Uh, it's just so sad, isn't it? That's yeah. what I can't really... I, I mean, it, you want to criticise it, but you can't really, because it's just so stupid and so pathetic. It, stupidity. The In two, a literal sense, by the, the way. Yeah, the two things. Yeah, but the stupidity from both sides. Yeah. To be doing it on a linked WRU and... Uh, Email address and yeah, phone see, number. See, that says to me, did he know that he wasn't allowed and supposed to be doing it? You yes. Can't, I wonder, I wonder yeah, yeah, I'm he, sure. He, he, he I know did. people in rugby, right, who are not even involved with coaching, okay, who are involved maybe, you know, in some other ancillary part of the club, and they will not touch sports, sports betting for that, same, for that same reason. And I think that's the attitude you've got to, got to have. 
I would be amazed. In fact, um, there's a guy who you can follow on Twitter, uh, who I'll mention later, um, who does a, lo- a load of this safeguarding stuff and training for players. And I don't believe there's any way you could operate, particularly in the Welsh national team, and not know this. They have ev- um, Ken Owens was asked, and he said everyone, everyone involved in it every year yeah. has training, specific training that you have to complete. It's things like... Mandatory. Yeah, so it's honestly things like people approaching you in hotel lobbies and asking, you know, what what the team is. You're not allowed to... I mean, you're not allowed to say anything, including premiership teams, actually, because if you know the team for the following week, then you've got an an advantage over the markets. So you're not allowed to say or do anything. Well, as as Tomás got found out. Yes, exactly right. Yeah, uh, there's no way he didn't know. He knew, for for a combination of stupidity and grief, he did it, um, knowing the potential consequences. Why from his Wales, Wales he's, account? He's been Why? he's been caught out. Um, they, so the the judgment does say that they did a they've done a sweep of his computers as well to find out if there is any other activity other than this my, my computer in bleach this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but the, but so they've said. You don't need to go in the incognito mode, do you? <laughs> do, do they keep a history in an incognito mode? Yeah, if so, I knew I was going to be banned for two years anyway, no, you're not, you're not having it. Yeah, it sounds like he's genuinely significantly remorseful because he's owned up to everything. Yeah. He didn't find, find anything that he hadn't yeah. already admitted once, admittedly, once he got caught. It sends a pretty clear message that it's not acceptable, and if anyone yeah. was in any doubt. Um, if there was anyone involved in a rugby club or rugby in general, like, like I'm sure, I, I mean, I don't know. I'm sure, probably, even in my role, I'm probably. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, if I, in your role, I wouldn't touch it. Just, no. just in case. Just, no. Yeah, not, no. not worth it because you could be. I certainly pr- wouldn't use it party for your advantage. to. Uh, I certainly wouldn't use it for your advantage in fancy rugby team because that would be disgraceful. <laughs> I'd, never, I'd never do that. <laughs> you too. It's one, thing, it's one thing stealing off the bookie, but stealing off your mates. <laughs> pretty low to be doing that, Tim Cocker. All I did was saw that Steve Maffey was fit. Oh. At the London oh, tra- London okay. Irish training ground, fitting out and running out with the team, and I thought, oh, he's available. I might sign him. Oh, is he packing down at six? Second row, pa- packing down at six. <laughs> when when, you, when you say fit, I mean, what are your what's your definition and parameters? Well, of yeah, having, having watched the game, there's some <laughs> some questions there. Yeah, not not injured is what he means. Just the last thing on Howley. So his ban is a nine month ban of which he's already served three months. It yeah. finishes on the 16th of June, 2020. Which means he could actually coach in the Premiership or Pro 14 final, which is four days after his bad finishes, which is very, very, very unlikely. I mean, but I just thought yeah. it's uh, an interesting timing to be. If finished. you were a boss, where would be a good fit, or would anywhere be a good fit after this? Well, the answer is for Rob Howley. It sounds harsh. I just simply wouldn't employ him. I, I'm not that impressed with. His body of work, tr- uh, tr- truth be told, CV's pretty Im- pretty impressive. It does. It reads great when you don't know that it's Rob Howley coaching yeah, those teams. I don't know. I and mean, if and if, you, if you did a slightly sort of more investigative job in on that, so let's look at the Wales's performance. He's involved in a brilliant Wales team. Say. Was Gatlin? Gatlin was there then. Okay, and, and Gatlin wasn't there <laughs> yeah. then. Okay, Gatlin was there again then. But Gatlin wasn't there, and then he wins the Six Nations. Yeah, you know. So, you know, there is some. That's yeah, a fair uh, point. Flip it that. This way, what if it was Rob Baxter that got caught? Would I employ Rob Baxter? Just, I just want to think about the, uh, the thing about the gambling. Okay, the answer is yes, I, I would. I, it doesn't, it doesn't take my image of the guy. I think rather than anything else, it's unfortunate. Well, would you, I employ you, Rob Newcastle, Howley Newcastle. without the gambling? No, 
I'm, I'm on the fence on it. Right, okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yes. I don't I, think one thing affects the other. I, I'm of that opinion. He was and being look, lined up for Italy by all accounts, so he's clearly highly rated within the game. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and again, his CV reads brilliantly. I mean, Italy would be a great gig because all he needs to do is win one game. <laughs> one game One game in yeah. Six Nations, and he's the best coach I've had in years. <laughs> so, maybe. I guess the other precedent for this would be uh, Dean Richards. Yes. After Bloodgate. Mm-hmm. And he had a couple of years of suspension, and then which is weird, is it? Because Newcastle that is by far the worst cheating scandal. Um, uh, yeah, because by far, in this, in this, this was not trying to affect any result of any match. Yes, yeah. and they do talk about there's and no in, no inf- no evidence that he's passed on information. There's certainly no evidence that he profited from it because he lost or, four thousand. And pounds. no evidence that he, in a meeting, pushed for the selection of a particular player. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, but I mean, for two quid, would you, like, would you do it? No. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. Wouldn't. This it does it stupidity and grief is the explanation for this. That's all it is. Well, uh, he's, paid, he's paid a high price. And we'll, we'll, we'll he see. We'll, we'll he's, he's paid the right price, in my opinion. Yeah. And they they do go through in the judgment whether they could have. There is um, potential that? for significantly longer ban, mm. and they decided this is right, and it, it so feels just about to be clear right. Ban, is it suspended? Is it? It's, it's eighteen months. So if he goes and does any more betting, then the rest will be enforced. Yeah, I'm, eighteen months. He's, he serves nine now. And the other nine is suspended for two years, and he does. If, if there's any other disciplinary issue that yes. kicks in on top says, of what hey, that other, yes, that other right. issue is, I hate to probe and ask some more questions here. Is that banned from all rugby? Yes, yes. Like, that's a shame. Not even allowed to go to a I local mean, club. Yeah, and yeah. And that's yeah. a shame, really. I mean, I would some communities. Yeah, I would say like, what, okay, sure, ban him from the paid game, the professional game, but let's not d- deprive the rest of rugby from him. You know, maybe there's some small club in his town that could benefit from him doing something, and that, yeah, that seems to be that is a, a shame. Pretty decent penance, actually. Yeah, that would have been quite nice, as a, almost like a community. Yeah, service if it was n- nine months suspended on the basis that uh, you commit to x num- yeah. x number of hours of community Who coaching. Who is betting on Bonner Mine? <laughs> <laughs> I've played at that club. <laughs> it's an interesting club, that up on the top of the hill, just outside Swansea. Mm-hmm. Hard men, very hard, yeah. very hard yeah. men, very hard, very yeah. Uh, so um, back, back to the rugby. Yes. just one more thing on Leicester Tigers. Yes, the guy is a guy I would like to see who I think would fit in very well in that back row. Who's I think he was injured for yesterday, and that's Guy Thompson. Yes, agreed. I think Guy Thompson and Taufua, those two are dynamite. You moving they're, Guy they're Thompson the, to seven, Taufua to six. Uh, Taufua played seven. I'd, to be honest, I'd have either one of those two ahead of Calamifonia eight because Calamifonia is massive, but he's just he just lacks Florida, the expl- he? he just lacks the explosivity. Yeah. No. Yeah. So one of those two at eight, one of them at seven. Uh, whoever at oh, six. Of course, you've got Callum Green at six. Yeah, uh, and Green the, at six, fine. The table reads, um, we'll get on Saracens, but Leicester now on four points, uh, four points out of the first oh. six games. Ooh. And that that is actually the biggest thing from that game, is that Leicester got nothing yeah. out of it. They should have, after 30 minutes, they had three tries. They have to get at least one losing bonus point, or, or, or the four-try bonus point, or... When you're at that point at half time, you should be winning the game at home. There was a lot of criticism of George Ford, and I've sort of on this bandwagon in terms of um, I think Leicester Tigers are a worse team with him than when they had Burns and vice versa. So, you know, and I'll explain that an, an, another time. But one of the criticisms of Ford this game was he couldn't, clo- he couldn't cl- uh, close out the match, which I can kind of see. But I also think it's unfair because it's not just about Ford closing out the match. It's about 
Exeter wanting to open the match back up again. It's not simply yeah, yeah, yeah. Ford decides to close it down and that's all she wrote. Yeah. It's more a case you've got to stop this awesome machine. I mean, I mean, partly it's Leicester's pressure they put on Exeter. Exeter gave away a lot of penalties in that first half. And in this, yeah. it was almost like they, in a very Saracens-esque way in the past, went in, went in, went in at half-time, hit factory reset, and came back out. Yeah, good. Oh, look, it's Exeter again. Um, yeah, they are. and they did very I, I think, Exeter things in that second half. Yeah, I, it's one of the things which um, made me uh, a bit wary about Leicester's situation. The, how Jordan Murphy found himself in the altercation. Well, no, not all. Yeah, do, do you know the story behind the altercation? I don't know the story, but I just saw the. Yeah, well, so, it was in the st- in the stand chatting the to stand. fans. Yeah, yeah. So what happened? I, quite, I thought that was a jovial thing. No, I quite admire him for doing this actually. So. Um, as he said to the BT reporter afterwards, yeah. what happened is he was walking up through the tunnel. Uh, he used some very, very bad language yeah. in front of a kid. Someone called him out for it. They had an argument. He then came out and then said sorry and then owned up to it. I, I really like that. Yeah, I really like the fact that yeah, I, I was I was a bit of an idiot going up. I shouldn't have. You know, Leicester is is probably the quintessential fa- like family club. Mm-hmm. Uh, just owned up to it on TV, and so I'll just take his word for it. If that's all that happened. Fair play for him to just dealing with it, owning it, and, de- owning yeah. it and dealing with it. Fair play, but his teams yeah. are lost. Um, other games. Well, yeah, X to find themselves uh, conversely at the top of the table, twenty points, uh, overtaking Northampton, who suffered their second defeat of the season. Yes, he did against Sale, who now move into the top four. By the way, uh, let's just like you said at the start of the show, Tim, temper that top four talk because have you seen how many teams are on the same amount of wins and losses? London Irish, uh, oh yeah, so London Irish in ninth, above them Worcester all the way up to Bristol in third, eighth to third all have three wins and are separated by four points. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I was at this game, uh, a few things to report. Uh, number one, Aka van der Merwe is a hell of a player. Uh, two, when, he, hit, when he hits his arrows. Yeah, I was going to say, how are his arrows? Let's, let's talk about that another time. <laughs> now, uh, there, there is there is more to sales lineup woes than just uh, than just Acker, but we'll talk about it, uh, that later. Um, the other thing I'd like to mention is Janzi van Rensburg is now, now starting to look like the guy who played at the Lions. He is yeah. superb. Well, I mean, in in both senses of the word, and I think the two are directly related. Yes, he absolutely. now looks like an elite. Muscle bound. Would you like to know athlete. why? James Hudson. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> no, why? Yeah. Uh, Mark, well, Mark Wilson's said, yeah. hey, "Do this." No. Um, I asked him about it after. I said, um, "How did you ask him? How did you frame that particular question?" I said, "You looked awesome today, and actually, uh, you, uh, you look like you've um, that. I sound like you've got in some pretty good shape, or some, or, or some such thing. Looking he lean, said, bro." And he said, "The reason is my wife, and she is controlling his diet." Oh wow! So there is a little a, a little snippet of information for you. Wow! So uh, from as a neutral who spoke to cell phones yesterday, I guess <laughs> the message would be thank you, Mrs. Van Rensburg. <laughs> He's not done a. Is uh, it Mrs. Hansi Van Rensburg? Mrs. Hansi. Rohan Yancy von. Yeah. I, what, Janssie, what, what exactly J- is the surname? Yeah, is JVR Yancy von Rensburg. Yeah, but it's, it's Johan's first name, but it's not Johan Yancy. Rohan Rohan Yancy von Rensburg. He's got he a is. brother, hasn't he? Yes, he has. Let me look up the name of his brother, and then and he is good um, point, Yancy Phil. Excellent. Well done. Oh, he is Yancy van Rensburg. So yeah, yeah. thank Yancy. you, Mrs. Yancy van Rensburg. Yeah, I hope she's not double barreled the double barreledness. Yancy van Rensburg van der Merwe. Yeah, he is. He is genuinely one of the nicest guys 
uh, at, um, at Sharks. Really, really uh, nice guy. And what a hell of a player now. Yeah, yeah. The, fam- uh, the family name is Yancey von or Van Rensburg. And he's a, a, a focal point. He gives the team an identity. Do you know who he reminds me of? Um, obviously, uh, Tuolangi. Because everyone yeah. assumes Tuolangi is just a big bosher. Actually, Tuolangi has got a lot more to, to, his, to his game than that. Uh, his pace, his feet. And now he's looking in better shape. Uh, that's it. That's exactly what what Roan brings. He is he's looking absolutely brilliant. I think the problem Sale have with that combination of Sam James and Roan is you can't replace them. There, there's nobody like Sam James. There's no one like Van Rensburg. Yeah, it's not like you just plug in the next. Cool fact: A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So, take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Van, um, Van well, you, but, you, but with, with players with that unique mm. skill set, you can say the same. Saracens can't really replace Billy Vanapola. No, they um, can't. Leicester can't replace Manu Tuolangi. Or George Ford. Or George Ford. Nope. And... But Exeter yeah, seems to replace everyone all, all the time. Or Vianu. Yeah, Brist- I- Bristol can't replace Nathan Hughes or Charles Pietro. Yeah, but not yeah. like for like Exeter literally replaced everyone all because, the time continually. Yeah, because a lot of their players, uh, with the exception of a few, like Henry Slade, is difficult to replace because he's yeah. silky running. Only Devoto came on and did well though. Uh, Devoto played very well but, at, at twelve. But yeah, but Exeter are quite a system team, aren't they? They are same as same as Saracens. Saracens. Yeah. Um, yeah. The problem with um, the the disappointing part about this game. Wasn't Sale. Sale, I thought, was quite good, although I don't think Diamond was particularly happy with the game. Um, I think the problem uh, with it was Northampton, who looked absolutely toothless. I can't work out why, because we've seen them play for you know the first part of the season, and they looked absolutely dynamite. They looked dynamite for about 20 minutes against Leinster, and the only real thing I can put this down to is the fact that I wonder if those Leinster defeats have really damaged their confidence. I mean, they were and really flying high. Before this game, I, I draw back on the World Cup final as well. I mean, we saw England get pumped in the scrum, and it had a psychological effect mm. on on the whole mm. performance. And now the grounds are getting a bit stodgier, yeah. raining relentlessly. I think the importance of that gets dialed up a bit. And with other teams having all their frontline players back, integrated and comfortable in systems again, there's no hiding place. If you have a bit of a week or off day, you, you'll get shown up for it. And Northampton have got a, have got a scrum issue. They've got a scrum problem. Do you know what? Yeah, I they agree with that. They actually do. I mean, there are a few, a few technical issues which I won't bore the listeners with. But yeah, that is exactly the reports coming out at, um, uh, after the game. They didn't feel solid in the scrummage. Um, yeah, put, to cut it short, you're exactly right, Tim. They've got a big scrum issue. Yeah, they've, we've, we have been saying it for a little while. Their, their pack does look a little bit lightweight. Uh, Sale, on the other hand. Uh, I'm pleased to report I think they've finally got that balance so the problem with Sale was 
I don't think they worked out who are, who's going off the bench and who's the starter. They've ended up with this boy, Curtis Langdon, who London Irish fans might uh, might know because Weber's out. He makes a very good foil for a, a replacement hooker because, of course, we all want to know what Sale Sharks replacement hooker situation is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, but, all, but, but also having um, Harrison off the bench, who is a good impact guy, mm. and Cooper Woolley. I mean, it just makes yeah. a lot more sense now. So I think they've they've got their front row issues sorted out. They've always had a good good front row, but who are the starters, who are the backups? That's been nailed. Do you think, think. Dime, do you think Dimes will get top four this year? I think so. I don't think Dimes thinks he'll get top four this year, reading between the lines on the press conference after the game. Because there's no ways why he was not happy that there was no bonus point. He said he was happy, but you know when you actually listen to what he said, he wasn't happy about the fact that they spent so much time in the Northampton five meter looking for that bonus point. He, he specifically said, if we do that week after week, we're not going to be top four. So they can do it, but those things which Dimes identified have to be implemented. I called an arrow sale win, and I and I think they will. I, I think they will. Um, and looking around it's really interesting the sort of narratives change based on results because harlequins went to wasps and got a mm. win which leaves you putting big a big question mark over wasps head does it mean that we're sort of going okay maybe maybe harlequins are back on the way up or we're gonna have to wait the the, the, that's why having a block of three games now is yeah gonna be great. They beat wasps and i'm no i just don't believe in wasps yeah i i'm <sighs> I don't think I think Wasps are really going to struggle this year. They're too, they're stingless. <laughs> they they are struggling. What do wasps they're, do well? This wasps team. Yeah. Um. Good question. And are they caught in the backwash of uh, sort of like Danny Cipriani style um, flair type game, and they still want to stay play that style, but they don't really have the players for it. Yeah, I mean, so Sapwanga, who wasn't playing in this game. He can play that way, but he's just not clicked at all. No. He, he he he's such a good player when he's at Highlanders um, and playing for the All Blacks. Do you think it matters that he was coached by Tony Brown, who is a genius? Uh, might help, but no, he he's a supremely talented individual who can do pretty much everything. His passing game is brilliant. His kicking is brilliant. He can run from anywhere, but he's just. He's not for whatever I, I was expecting him to click with Wasps this year. For whatever reason, well, it's just still not. And also, some games he's been held on the bench. So yep. you have to start asking, like, why would Wasps do this? There must be a, an underlying reason that they think Billy Searle is. A, I assume Billy Searle started, or was it Gotham? Uh, no, was on the bench. But yeah, Billy Searle. But you know, I mean, I mean if Billy Searle starting, in my mind, they need to ditch. Oh no, it wasn't. It was um, Umanga. Umaga. Oh, it was yeah. Yeah, Jacob Umaga started. Sorry, not not Billy Sill. So I'm sure Sill started ahead of him as, as well. Yeah, and a little bit last I mean, season. That's really worrying because you're paying him a lot of money, and Wasps don't have a lot of money from what I understand. <laughs> so I think I would. Um, I don't know. And there's well, they find themselves on one win and on six points, looking over their shoulder at Saracens, who absolutely ripped Bristol to bits. Aren't they good? Yeah. Aren't they? Aren't they good? And they they changed up a few positions, not too many, but they. They changed up enough to still get a massive five-point win, um, and be and have all the guys fit and firing for next week. Who, who's you know next on the kill list? <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I like about Saracens? As, as Phil just works that out, what I really like about Saracens is, and Mark McCall has been at pains to say this relentlessly, and it's something that you know you said this could be the consequence of the of the this issue that they find themselves in. Actually, they're younger guys. 
that they've brought through themselves awesome. are the ones that are showing up. Nick Nick Tompkins has been awesome this season. Yeah. Max Mallet Max, Max Mallins Mallins Mallins. Came, came in and looked really good. Uh, Matt Gallagher, Matt who's Gallagher. played 15 he as well. Play he didn't play weekend, this week, but, but in Europe looked great. Uh, don't forget, um, fantasy rugby draft legend Ben Earl. And Ben Earl. Five tries in six games? Doesn't stop I scoring mean, that was it five or is it six in six? I don't Se- the seven that plays like an eight. No, Scavage is like a seven, carries like an eight. It's what ridiculous. a dream. The season yeah. he's having is ridiculous. I mean, h- him, he's he will be pushing. Him and um, Simmons of Exeter will be pushing Underhill and Curry very, and very hard. And and Wilson and Ludlam. It's almost like... And Ezekiel's been playing great as well. It's almost yeah. like six-foot-something guys are, are, are easy to find, isn't it? Those insects something flankers easy to find. Well, those those five are. I bet there's an inch or two and five kg between the all two. The two curries, Underhill, Ludlam, and Ben Earl, they're all about the same size and shape. And and Sam, Sam Simmons throw him in as well. Willis, I think, is a little bit bigger. Is he? Yeah. I think Willis might be the best out of a lot of them. God, there's some talent there. Yeah. There's some serious, serious talent. Um. um the other guy, as we're talking about England, who I really think should be considered, uh, is Will Stewart. Will Stewart? Yeah. yeah. The uh, bath prop. I mean, like I, I know it's early days. Every time I've seen him, he's been absolutely dominant. That, that bath, the t- their tight five, their, sh- their front row in particular, have looked good. Yeah, but this actually, year. All, all three of them. I mean, I know there's a lot of competition Tom, at, at loose head. Yeah, um, Tom Dunn's looked great. Been good. Tom, and Tom Benno, Benno Urbano was in the England setup before they broke him. Before his uh, knee injury, so massive knee injury. With Saracens in mind, just looking at JB, well, I'm looking at the whiteboard where it says Saracens top four. They are currently 29 points off sale. Can they get up 29 points in 16 games left? But the fact we're having this conversation, let's, let's take sixth and Harlequins, 15 points there, 28 points. 15 off. points. They will hunt down Harlequins mercilessly. Yeah. They'll get past Harlequins. They, I think they I think, get I, I think you're probably right. Uh, I, I, I'd be confident that they're going to get top six. Because everyone, everyone, so, right, Saracens will beat everyone apart from Exeter. Who have Ev- got in next week or the week after? Next week. Boom. Next, Boom. Sar- Saracens will be. Everyone apart from extra at Sunday Park. That Ev- game, I can't wait for that match. Everyone, really everyone root. else is going to beat everyone else. I really <laughs> root against Exeter, but I'll be rooting against. <laughs> against <Exeter. laughs> I want to no, see it. I'll be rooting for Exeter definitely. I'm um, talking about young players that are making a name for themselves. Louis Reese Zamet at Gloucester. He cost me a fantasy rugby draft match just oh. alone. Yeah, with his forty odd points, absolutely dominating. But um, dynamite, and you know, dovetailing with another conversation about um, that we had a few weeks ago about uh, Johnny McNichol, Willis Halaholo, lovely blokes. I, I I don't like the residency laws, whatever. Or them personally. Do Wales need uh, <laughs> need to start signing twenty nine, thirty year old New Zealanders? No, but when they've got a nineteen year old Welshman was, um, at Gloucester. If I was England, I'd be playing all sorts of dirty tricks now. Twenty-five grand a week, twenty-six grand a week. Oh my word! I would be, I would be signing up. That Eddie Jones just to troll them. We'll get, we'll throw, throw, throw the carrot out there, won't he? Like he oh, did yeah, with yeah. Velocott and uh, Gary, Gary Graham. Graham. Gary Graham. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't have a training. I don't have a training camp with Eddie. Is exactly the carrot everyone expects. You know, it's not a nice place to be. So maybe don't do that. Maybe so make, maybe he, make him play for the Saxons. He did. Um, Andy Good. Asked him the question on Twitter, and he just replied with the Welsh flag. Yeah, he's young, isn't he? Wait, so, wait, uh, wait until he's got a mortgage. Yeah, wait until he looks at the cash flow plans. He goes, what? <laughs> what? What's the difference here? Hang on a minute. I've got to play the Ospreys, the Dragons, <laughs> market rates. <laughs> Forget it. 
if his market rate's 400k. Well, <laughs> actually, what is the market rate for him if, if the dragons come in? 20k? Well, he'll he'll, he'll, well, he'll be on a, an academy, so he'll be below 30k right now. Yeah. Louis Rees Summit and Yoan Lloyd, two Premiership yeah. players playing their trade in the West Country that could be. I mean, talk about Liam Williams. If you had 400k to spend. Yoan Lloyd and Louis Rees Samit instead uh, of Liam I, Williams. If, could, if those boys, are, I'm sure they do. By the way, if they're listening, don't move, don't do it. Yeah, no. let, let them stay with Pat you. Lamb coaching you and Yoan uh, Ackerman coaching you. Exactly. Do not go to Wales, no matter what what they do or say. Make them change the laws for you. Don't bend to their will. <laughs> Josh Adams listening to the podcast, nodding crying. along furiously, Josh Adams is crying. <laughs> Look where I am. Look at this hellhole. <laughs> Um, um, he he was brilliant, Lewis Reed Summit. Yeah, he was uh, on the weekend. The the way he took those tries was a little nudge. Yeah, I was sure he knocked that on. I, sh- I yeah, thought well, he missed control- catch it. It was off his knee or something. Well, no, he kind of caught it and then tapped it forward and grubbered it. Mm. It's very so. It, oh, really? He, it was it bounced over his head and he kind of. Push down, then, or it, it was either a fumble that he corrected with a kick, or he knew he's going to get tackled unless he releases it and kicks it. Stupid question, right? I always thought that if you sort of slap a ball down and then accidentally kick it, that is still a knock-on? It is. Uh, so there, there was at least an element of control in it. Oh. it. He didn't slap it down. Yeah, it wasn't a slap down. Because no. a slap it down was... would be a knock-on. It's the same as if you, you know, if, if you knock it on but then catch it, it's not a knock-on. However, if you knock it, it goes past a player and then you catch it, it is a knock-on. Because yes. you've, you've gained a, an advantage uh, an advantage by the knock-on. I need to watch this again. Interesting. It, they, did, they only showed an unsatisfactory angle in the replays. Hmm. Like it was like from the centre, top of the yeah. um, top of the stand. Yeah. So you're kind of like over his shoulder well, he does from cover a, a ground distance. Very fast. He's rapid. Yeah. He's absolutely rapid. What do you do with a player like that? How do you... How do you improve him? Because he's already very, very fast. And like, <laughs> this is a serious point. Like, and, well, him, him and Ollie Thorley would make a great combo because Ollie Thorley's rapid, got though. a step, but just strong as an ox. And this guy's sort of more willowy, willowy. Yeah, but uh, like, he, he is right now. I think he'll because he's tall. Uh, six kind of, three or six four. That's kind of my point, though. I mean, do you, if you're a strength and conditioner, do you want the extra bulk on him? For whatever reason you might want it, or do you try and keep him lean like a sprinter? What, what do you do with him? Well, look at well, look at Johnny May. Johnny May is yeah. a great example. So Johnny May has stayed relatively lean. You want a bit more muscle on him, yeah. But partly for protection, partly for defense and strength and power. But um, Johnny May, the way that he was turned from a bit of a maybe a bit of a space cadet um, in some scenarios mm-hmm. to the defensively solid and phenomenally solid under a high ball player that he is today. Is, um, Talk about guys in shape, and he's about yeah, as in shape as any English player. Yeah, incredible muscle tone. Not sure how I'd describe it, but so what's the answer to, to my question? What do you do with Reece Summit? Um, do, you, do, you, do you throw him in the gym? Do you put put another five kg on him, maybe seven kg. Do it over a twelve to eighteen month period. Keep, keep, the, keep the five meter off the mark speed that's that's where you focus yeah because he can be he's bloody quick yeah, he's good real real good prospect and Gloucester have had a few uh, wingers that do you know who through. else played very very well when he came on this weekend for Gloucester um, Crisis uh, correct Crisis with a massive massive carry Jamar Ford a, a massive K yeah. and his carry with a K exactly yeah. nailed yes. it again I tell you what they are getting some great value there great value <laughs> well um I know that there'll be a lot of rugby clubs around the UK doing a Boxing Day match. 
Is that one something you've ever got involved in? Yeah, Sedgley Sedgley Park always do a Boxing Day match. Is it just a bit of a social? Yeah, it's normally ex whiskeys at half time. Ex kind of players. Thing. Yeah. Um, or does, or does it get a bit spicy? It's it's occasionally got a bit spicy. It's, it's normally kind of ex first team players ranging from recently retired up to sixty against the kind of second slash third slash fourth team. Mm. Uh, one of the I'm not playing it for a couple of years was last year. When my club, Colwyn Bay, my original club, Colwyn Bay, back in Wales, basically did not open over Christmas. And I think it's an absolute travesty. Disgrace. It is an absolute disgrace. So I'm hoping Colwyn Bay does open up this year because I will go and play. Like I play for them every year. So, um, yeah, last Why year. Why did they not do it last year? Just. Let's. Best if we don't get into that. Yeah, okay. But, cool. um, <laughs> but they didn't, and I was absolutely furious. Yeah. So hopefully this year something uh, will happen. People see I, I sense. The first year I've not played there over the new year for about a decade. No, I, in fact, you've just reminded me. I want to check in and see if one tradition, one of, one of the spiciest, it was always a pre-Christmas game, but one of the spiciest games of the whole year, that I, probably for health and safety type reasons, I bet it doesn't happen anymore, but my old school, the school I went to in Newbury, um, St. Bart's, um, it had a sick form attached, so you go through the whole school in the sick form. Mm. But the, the the Saturday, so the Saturday, it would have been the Saturday just gone. The Saturday after you break up for Christmas, it, there's the ONA game, the old Newburians Association match. And it was the people that had been out of school the year before, or it might, they might have allowed two years out, play against the first team. So you come back from your university ah. and you play against the first team. So yeah. we had the same thing at St. David's. It, and it was... It Absolutely awesome. You'd have a massive piss up together yeah. afterwards, but um, but I bet it's the sort of thing that doesn't happen anymore. To my knowledge, the old Davidians do play the St David's College first team. Or has that been cancelled? I'm pretty sure because the rugby master there is a, is is a great lad and still makes sure that these that these things happen. I'd be amazed if it doesn't happen. Oh, there you go. Is it on? Uh, yes. Oh, brilliant! It still goes. Not Saint Bart's for the ONA. Saint Bart's. Oh no, what? you can't play because you're too old. I can't play now, no. But the <laughs> no, game, but the I, game, the game happened last weekend, and it was St. Bart's twelve, the ONA five. So St. Bart's won. Yeah, no, I think High scoring the St. Dave, David's College one is open age. I'm sure it is. I'm gonna give. I'm gonna give a shout out for um, for uh, Ben McCarthy, who scored the winning try for St. Bart's. Good lad, <laughs> nailing it. There you go. I remember playing a Boxing Day game. God, it's at least ten years ago, 2008 or 2009 at Obi Wiggs. Rugby club. I was down in Leicester over Christmas and uh, played that, which is where Tigers train. Oh, so cool. a really nice setup, really is nice pitch. Uh, that the one with no. the steps down. Um, uh, no, I remember it. it's quite quite a modern clubhouse, all Tigers branding on everything. N- <laughs> nice big first team pitch right in front of the clubhouse. Is this one? Is it got like Welcome to Work? <laughs> I don't. I can't remember. It, ten years ago. It, it was about 2008 or 2009. So the Tigers have all these, all these signs around. And when Matt uh, Masogona took over, he started defacing the signs, but they made no sense. Like, so instead of welcome to work, it was welcome to your potential potential. Or something. <laughs> <laughs> welcome to the potential of your potential. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Another great Matt Masogona success story. Um, but there'll be, yeah, there'll be a lot of clubs doing that. So. 28th of December. Uh, there is a derby. It is Rithin versus Denby. So I might go and watch that. There's some great games. So I um, went to uni with a couple of guys that played at Rithin. Um, Rob, Higgett, Rob Higgett. Rob Higgett, one of them. So he was a, a real f- 
famous lad back in Rithing because he went on and played for Wales A he was and Bristol. At the time, and... the most famous person that I'd ever met. <laughs> like, I, I met him in uh, London Welsh Rugby Club way before I started doing the podcast. And for me, he was literally, because he played at Bristol, the most famous person, certainly the most famous rugby player that I'd ever met, ever, <laughs> ever, as, as, as gobsmacked. And from Rithing, from your part. But he, yeah. he always talked about... It, if you if he did an interview um like for B, if he was still playing for Bristol let's say and he was doing an interview for BT Sport and you went what's the what's the greatest game you know what's your greatest rugby memory he'd go beating Lanethley for Rithing yeah <laughs> for, the Colts, for the Colts for the Colts uh, well was Avion Lewis Roberts playing then don't think slightly so, before but he could time. have been um the the team the Lanethley team had Dwayne Peel in it just so you know just wow so you know. it was a so it was a serious Lanethley team yeah Rithing have always been a but, but, but that's, this is kind of exactly my point. The Christmas is a time when old rivalries get stoked up, and uh, there are loads of clubhouses which will be open and having um, either quite spicy games or social games where everyone's you know half cut. But <laughs> rugby clubs, if, if you go down to see local rugby club over Christmas, if you we, we've had listeners get in touch and say they started playing again or they've reconnected with with rugby after listening, just. Uh, look, look up your local rugby club, see what's going on, because it's a great place. Premier, Over Christmas, it. it's a great place. Great place. Should we do, do next, next week's Yeah, there's loads, loads of loads. Oh, and speaking of that, there's some pretty spicy games going on Ooh. this weekend. Well, we'll, the, we'll save the biggest till last. Yes. Um, oh, I, I will just mention the um, Leinster-Ulster game, Yeah, which was 54-42. Did you watch it? Uh, I've seen the highlights. Good. Um, some incredible tries scored. I mean... Leinster were 47-14 or 47-12 up after 50 minutes. It, oh, it wow. was it, it was two pretty much total second teams, um, oh. which oh. is slightly disappointing. But in, in that way, you do get to see some pretty good young talent on yeah, show. Yeah, I watched Premiership Cup for that. And Leinster do, have, A-League for that. Leinster do have some pretty good... Well, Leinster's young talent would probably be uh, mid-table in the Premiership. That. <laughs> They're fairly handy. Can I just highlight that also? Another at the moment, as we record this, Toulon are absolutely smashing Claremont, and, and really? I, I looked at the team and Claremont, full team out. Abendanum, Beetham, Peno, Moala, Raka, Lopez. Ooh. Are they home or away? It's at, no, in Toulon. It's in Toulon, but Toulon. Are, so watch Toulon. There might be something going on there. I mean, they've spent enough money. Yeah, Etzebeth scored the first try. So yeah. Bryce Heem tearing it up. Bryce Heem as well, he's tearing it up. Hmm. Um, right, so uh, fixture, uh, fixtures so, next week. Yeah, we've completed the, the Pro 14 wrap. Oh um, no, Dragons beat Scarlets. Uh, Last minute, Sam, Sam Davis drop goal. It's good. <laughs> <laughs> That's what Liam Williams has got to suffer through next year. <laughs> oh God. Um, graveyard of dreams. Right, Friday night. The Friday night lights. Friday night, Friday night games just feel like they're often bad, much, yeah, much worse than they should be. Yeah, they promise so much. This yeah, so this cool. one could buck that trend. I've this, said it now. I'm this could be. Them. Yeah, I hope good. so. I hope so. This could be a good game. Bristol hosting Wasps. I'm working at this one. Oh, are you? Are you? Yeah. It'll be a sellout crowd, I imagine, or close to. Uh, so there are some clubs where Friday nights work well. Bristol is one because it will be packed. Yeah, they'll be, they'll be ready to, ready to go. I've never actually been to. Um, Ashton Gate. I have been to the Memorial how, Ground several times. How close place. is it to town? Because I've been out in Bristol a few mm, times. I think it's quite far away. Is it? 
I think it's a bad part of Bristol. I can't be sure. It's not. No, it's not a bad part of Bristol. Sure it's no, no, no. Far from it. It's um. Then again, I played in the worst part of Bristol, and they refer to it as the dark side. No, it's <laughs> far from it. Far from it. It's it's along the so the memorial ground was up. I don't know if it's the north, but it was up the hill. Yeah, it's Filton. It was up the hill towards right, towards, towards that Fishington. way. Yeah, towards that way. But this okay, is so this, this is, is along south. the river, just like below, like. Clifton's up the hill, uh, yeah. up on the hill, and it's down on the bottom in the River Valley. So, yeah, it's southwest of the city centre. It's on the main, ra- it's on the main road oh, into no, the I city centre. I, I just remember the boys in Dings were saying that it was the, like, the bad part of town. Well, that's because it's the opposite side of town to yeah, Dings. Actually, thinking about it, we played uh, along uh, among burnt-out cars. So, you know, maybe... It's near... Uh, it's near. Um, no, it's near quite a funky part of town, actually. Okay. Uh, what's what's that place? Bedminster, and uh, it's, it's near. Yeah, Bedminster, not far from Bedminster. Which is like it's quite a decent part of town. Bristol. We should really go there. I like, so I like yeah, Bristol. I do like Bristol. So it's um, a mile or so walk into yeah. the centre. Fifteen, which is, 15 which is, minutes walk to Temple yeah, Meads, which is not bad. So anyway, they're playing Wasps, and they'll get back onto winning ways. Definitely at home. I think a big win for Bristol. Um, Saturday, big test of Wasps that one. Yeah. Saturday, this is this will be a good game. Northampton yeah. hosting Gloucester. It's a real two o'clock. This is where my prediction will be horribly wrong. I'm going to say there's lots and lots of tries in this. It'll probably be three 0 Gloucester. <laughs> well, Cover, coverage on BT Sport of that one starts at uh, half one. There's a double double. There's four games over the weekend on BT Sport. Nice. Two on the Saturday. Yes. Oh, so there's the early game and the four thirty kickoff. Yes. So this the Northampton game. This feels like another game that Northampton could get bullied up front. Because that Gloucester pack is powerful. It's seriously powerful. Oh, they're not... Mm, mm, I don't know. Uh, sorry, are you talking about Gloucester-Northampton here? This, yeah. this is a yeah. barometer. We talk about the I three games. This I, is I a barometer. Gloucester came through against Worcester. Can they take it on the road? And Northampton just got a... Well, it wasn't a beatdown, but they got bullied a bit by Sale. Yeah, they did. Uh, and Gloucester looked fairly handy to me when they played Sale. I know what you're saying, but actually, thinking about the game this week... Uh, I don't think the Northampton back row got in the game at all. Uh, I think Laws that, got shifted to back row, didn't he? Yeah. Just before the kick-off. Um, I think that Gloucester have... I mean, it depends on what team they put out, but they can put out some seriously big carriers. Yeah. Seriously big. Yeah, but, that's kind of what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, sorry, are you talking about the Northampton pack getting bullied? Yeah. Northampton, right, sorry, sorry, I thought you had the, the other... No, no I'm right, not say, right, I am right, not right, saying right, that right. Northampton are going sorry, to bully, bro- bully Gloucester. Why on earth are you saying this? <laughs> no. Yeah. This is a big, this if is a big I did test. say that, that's not what I intended okay. to say. So uh, Gloucester are really good at home, not so good on the road. Northampton, yeah. I, I think I, I would I would edge towards a home victory. Uh, but it's going to be tight. Yeah, I would probably also edge. You think Northampton going to win it? Yeah. But a uh, big test for Gloucester. So two things I think. Number one, Gloucester are very, very good at what they do. But sometimes what they do is a bit, a bit predictable. So, you know, you watch their forwards carrying... Good carriers, but you know it's going to be a little setup of, of, of three, and then you know it's going to go to Danny Cipriani, and he's either going to score or he's not. Well, yeah, it's, it's the the bit that's been predictable from Cipriani is the the runner out the back, yeah. so the blindside winger or the fullback coming out the back using, or there's a wraparound from Cipriani to Atkinson. Cipriani runs round, and then he's got the options out you, the back. You feel like you've seen this film a lot, you know, many many times. Yeah, so that, that is a bit of a problem for me. Uh, that said, they are still very good at that. Good at it. So I'm going to say an away win. Okay. Mm. Give me Northampton to right the wrongs, mm. just or wrong the rights, as I once said. Next, in <laughs> <laughs> fact, the, these first two games of the weekend are really, all, really. 
think, well, no, all of them. I think all of these. Oh my god! This is the week, best weekend of every. Uh, this weekend. is the most. No, no, no. This, no, no, this no. weekend. This is the. This is the most interesting weekend of fixtures because Northampton. By, after Northampton, Gloucester, and Bath Sale, we will have a much bigger idea of where all four of those sides oh. could be heading. Which which games on BT Sport, Tim? Northampton, Northampton Gloucester. Gloucester, and then Quinns Leicester. That's outrageous. So Bath versus Sale is it's not on TV. Is, is a three o'clock <laughs> kickoff. You have to travel to the wreck to watch it, if you, JB. You can get on the well, team well, bus, well, surely. What's the point in paying, paying for BT Sport? <laughs> <laughs> you got four out of six. Four out of six yeah, games. Sure, great. Yeah. So but it's just Bath Sale. Mm. Bath, uh, right. Bath are good at home. It'll be a bog at the wreck. Yeah, I think. Uh, I think they'll win this. I think. Oh, I don't know. They, they match Bath. up. They match up really nicely. They actually. do. Yeah. Jamie Roberts against. Johan Janty von Rensburg. Uh, the back rows. Underhill, the, Curry. Yeah. I mean, I, I actually think that the sale unit at back row is far more handy than the bath The unit. current Well, bath. the current bath side, yeah, because if it was if it was Underhill, Low, Falatau. No, I don't I don't mean... Or Underhill, Mercer, Falatau. Yeah. I don't mean the individuals. I mean... The way they play. The way they play, as in a cohesive unit. Sale of all being forced by injuries go Curry, Ross, Dupria. Rather than two Dupriers or two Currys or whatever mm. the combination is, or Wilson or whatever, um, I think they're much more cohesive. Bath should be targeting Sale's lineout. Sale should be targeting Bath's scrum. Although I can't wait to see the, the, the uh, those two scrums collide. I wouldn't be targeting Bath scrum. Bath scrum has been the, actually possibly the best thing about them. I'd be this year. target Bath's halfbacks, which again comes yeah. back to yeah. it comes back to Curry. Don't think they get much change out of Will Griff and. Uh, and Cooney, it's a it's, it's a good um, good battle. That's, and then Akers a little bit small, but he's so aggressive. Yeah. It's an interesting game. I, I again, I, game. I see a tight one, but I just like the Northampton one. I'm just going to say an edged home win. Yeah, and if I like, was, I like that both games. Do you know what? If Faf I was, don't have anyone with the X factor of Faf, and therefore I'm going to go with Jonathan Joseph. Look good, but again, it's London Irish. Yeah, he's got to get the ball. He's got to get the ball. Up. And if I was Sale, I'd be working on my rush defence and put pressure on him because. Mm. Bath's backline look great with loads of time. Will they look as good with Rohan Janty von, Ren- von Rensburg in your face? And I think the other Dupree is back. The John Luke. John Luke might be back. He was mm. banned. He's massive. So you're going to call a sail away win? Yeah, absolutely. So Gloucester G- away, sail away. Uh, well, not that we can see it. This game's interesting <laughs> as well. I mean, I th- this is very interesting this for the is. league. For the league, Worcester, London Irish. Yeah. Worcester coming off the back of a loss. London Irish coming off the back of a bad loss. And by the way, two disappointing losses for yeah. each, each, uh, each club respectively. I'm going to go for another home win. But is it is interesting. <laughs> so what's interesting is at the end of this round of games, either Worcester or London Irish, whichever one you want, who's your favourite to go, not your personal favourite, but one of your favourites to go down, is going to be on, well, it's going to be three or four, top six. Three or f- yeah, three, three or four wins. Three or four wins, yeah. Yeah. So Potentially, well, Worcester could find themselves on four wins if they get a home win against London Irish, which and would be one of those. Looking at the, the, the schedule, they'd go if they were, if they were targeting, they go that's a that's a win. Yeah, we should really look two games ahead so we can sort of predict how the Premiership's going to look after this block of games. Anyway, and quite well, we saw this weekend predictions go right out the window. Yeah, and I quite, think quite London Irish can't be that bad again. I actually think there was phases like the first fifteen minutes where London Irish looked quite nice the way that they were playing. And then the confidence was sapped, and then all the comical errors came in, which we didn't even talk about, uh, like, the, <laughs> like the Phipps passing to touch and whatever. Yeah, um, you know, I don't think that represents what they are. Both as a big player for them, and he he's yeah. n- he's now gone to Japan. Hmm. So for six months, who do I think? Who do I, think? I have no idea. 
It's a toss-up. Home win. Home win. Home win. What's again. now? Yeah. Um, let me see the teams. I'm being very boring and predictable and with home wins. Big game 12, is it? I still miss big, big game, game 8. eight. Yeah, big game so 8 good. was the best. Big game 8. I always thought it was the round, but it's not. Yeah, not the round. Uh, so the 12th edition of the big Leicester. game. Because big game 8 came in the 8th round. Here you are. I'm going to say Leicester win this. Oh, wow. Leicester away at Quinns. Yeah. Uh, well, at Twickenham. At Twickenham. I think Leicester win this. Le- Leicester have had more games than Harlequins at um, at Twickenham, first and foremost. <laughs> um, second of all, they've shown me enough. In fact, both teams have shown me enough that I don't think Quinns are resilient. I think Leicester will look at that win. Mm. The question is, do Leicester think that that performance shows what they could be or has that m- emotionally drained them? But so, which, which, half, which half do they look at? Do they yeah. look at the first half, which was great, or the second half, which was woeful? What what will be playing on their minds come sixty five minutes? Do they feel so? I'm worried that they're thinking we put everything into that and we're still no good. Yeah, still got nothing. Not a losing bonus point. Not a four try yeah. bonus point. No, I think they look at the first half and go, "Come on, we can we can do we can that do for eighty minutes." Yeah, they have to. They're, but mentally, they have to as a coaching staff focus them on that the good things in that first half. But psychologically. It'll be playing on yeah, their but, mind. But what, what, what do they focus on? Because presumably they've got to focus on the errors to fix them. So they're going to be talking oh, tr- about what they've done wrong all week <laughs> because that's what you've got to do. Yeah. Yeah, oh, it's no. not good. Give me Quinns. I'm just going to go home win. Just a clean sweep of home wins. And with that with that prediction... It's not going to be so a, clean, a clean sweep of home wins, so is it, Tim? It never is. It's not. No, it will not be. Do you know be. why? Because JB was right on one of them. Saracens are going to beat Exeter. Oh, well, yeah. just just on just after yeah. the Leicester game, so we're both saying we're all saying that Wasps and Leicester are both going to lose, both playing away from home. Um, Saracens is tough, but Saracens could um, feasibly get within twelve points of Leicester after this game. All fourteen of Wasps, they're coming. Yeah, they're coming, boys. they are. They are coming yeah. at a that rate, Sunday game at a rate of live lots. on BT Sport. Exeter Chiefs against Saracens. Tony Rowe having said they should be relegated. Well, I mean, I mean, a lot of all the war, all the words after the salary cap thing. I mean, Saracens and Exeter there, but I mean, it's not just. It's I love Exeter. The, the four finals they've had together. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, man, there's so much. I love it. So much spice. I love Exeter. I now love Saracens. It's hard. It's hard. <laughs> it's really, I would do anything for a, for a, for a, a tickets this game. This will be. Dynamite. This is like the good, the good kid, the nice, the sort of good a, straight A student, and the bad kid sat at the back of class, isn't it's, it? It's the final of Karate Kid. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, I, I'm not even sure which is which now. Oh, um, and, and Saracens, maybe they'll change. In fact, that would be one. They should change to a Cobra Kai kit. <laughs> <laughs> Almost in their colour palette. Uh, I'm more thinking that Exeter are. Um, Gerard. Don't swing on my antique chairs. Oh, sorry, JB. Exeter are, with their tweed, their um, brilliant maths professor, Gerard Lambeau, <laughs> and and um, Saracens are boy from the wrong tra- side of the tracks who's still absolute genius, Matt Damon, in, oh, in Goodwill Hunting. Oh, wow. Nice. Wow. Uh, <laughs> um, Saracens it? go full boringness. I'm excited. I, they will. They full will. Borg. Yeah, fully on it. We've seen what they can do against Leinster. We've seen what they can do against Exeter numerous times. But it's not... They've never done... Okay. The difference is those have all been in neutral venues. This is at Sandy Park. I'm not... 
I, I, they're going to win. They're going to win. So you think Saracens are going to win? win. I, I tend to agree with you. I think I agree as well. I would prefer an Exeter win. I must admit, if something feels right and good and proper, it doesn't even. This doesn't even feel like Exeter versus Saracens. This literally feels like the whole of the league versus Saracens. So, yeah, it feels like they're all pinning their hopes. If, if Saracens, if Exeter falls, everyone else is just going to crum- crumble. In the path of Saracens. Well, yeah, Saracens might not lose another game. If, if Saracens win this, Saracens will win every remaining yeah, game. Yeah, there's so many. So, I mean, this this is like you know you know the way uh, the way Britain held out in World War Two exactly, and that tur- <laughs> that turned the tide. Yeah, uh, those uh, the battle of those, this bra- is the battle those brave of fighter pilots going up, <laughs> and um, you know this is like you know you could go and watch Star Wars, or you could watch, or you could watch this. The the empire and the rep- and the and the rebellion. The problem with games, the problem with games like this is, you know, you should really, particularly as you get older, enjoy your life, enjoy every day, every day, day as it comes. Try and live it to its fullest. I just want all of the days to elapse now, <laughs> <laughs> so we can get. get yes, yes. <laughs> Layla, have the, have the kids opened their Christmas presents yes, yet? Yes, yeah, yes, good. Fine, right, fine, fine, fine. Can I get <laughs> can I get drunk enough to pass out? <laughs> yeah. Salaryman drunk. <laughs> yeah, so you, you've got a very different advent calendar going in your house, haven't you? <laughs> yeah. Only only seven sleeps now, uh, kids. <laughs> <laughs> this game is going to be dynamite. I can't wait. Oh. And so I think exciting. I think annoyingly Saracens are going to win. Mm. Uh, that's it. Oh, one last one. Um, not a prediction, but I think worthy of a mention because it does have a direct impact on the Premiership next year. Newcastle beat Ealing. Do you see that? I didn't see it. I didn't. Wa- it was on Sky, wasn't it? It was on Sky. Um, was it Derry Morris? Stuart Barnes didn't understand that an open hand uh, slaps to the face is illegal. It is. Uh, but an that, open hand, an open hand slap to the cock is perfectly acceptable. Absolutely back in the day, at Exeter Chiefs. Uh, but yeah, bring that uh, back. That's kind of a yeah. Uh, the, um, yeah, Ealing uh, would win this, but they just came up a bit, a bit short. Oh, so. I did see the Adam Radwan try. Well, you saw it as in the highlights. The highlight. I just saw the highlight. That very impressive. He has got wheels. Yeah, he's very, very fast. Yes, difference in experience in the uh, in those two squads. Ealing are definitely getting there, but it's still, still, still a way, a way to go. But it also feels like that might have sealed Newcastle's uh, a promotion push, even though it's so early on in the season. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they've retained a lot of players as well, haven't they? Not retained more Wilson. Uh, and Nicky Gunnar. Oh right, so yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm just gonna go for a piss. They used to go um, <laughs> upstairs. Is anyone in? Are your kids in? Stop. Yeah. Okay. Actually, I, I'm just gonna wrap this up, Tim. If that's right. Right. Should we just wrap, wrap this up? I've got nothing. No, actually, I'll tell you about Mark Wilson. Okay. So um, I interviewed Mark Wilson on Wednesday in, the, sh- in the Shark ground. Tank, or um, no, oh, no, 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 Wednesday. I uh, went, went down to Carrington, um, watched watched a, a, a bit of training. Walked Mark Wilson round the pitches for a few laps, did a rugby dungeon, only to find out to my horror, and I've not listened back to it, I ran out of battery. Um, oh. a recording device. Oh. That was a mistake. So um, I'm going to listen back to it, and if it's any good, I'm going to play it at the end of this podcast. So, uh, yeah, or I might just put a truncated version on, on, the, on the rugby dungeon. But, yeah, Mark Wilson, uh, lovely man, very insightful, but uh, it, this interview may never, hear the, uh, may never see the light of day. Is that... Only your second worst technical error with an international back row. Uh, the first one being Khaleesi. Khaleesi. Not my error. Um, <laughs> World someone's Cup. error. Someone's error. An error. So, our, an error. Our mistakes our co- were made. Our collective error. Yes. Uh, and on that bombshell, we shall leave it there. 
Um, you can find us on Twitter at Rugby Podcast. You can find Tim at Cocker, me at Jay Beardmore, and Phil. Presumably, you'll be lurking somewhere, somewhere on your secret account. If you're lucky enough. Oh no! One last thing. One more thing. Thank you very, very much. Oh yes, to Phil from we from Wheatwood Ales. Uh, I was in the rugby dungeon uh, the uh, the uh, the uh, the other day. Knock on the door. Phil from Wheatwood Ale, uh, from Wheatwood Ales dropped dropped us off. Uh, Twelve beers each. Beautiful, so, um, perfect timing for Christmas as well. Uh, exactly. Now, sadly, he didn't. Do we, do we have any um, earring makers who listen to the podcast, <laughs> or <laughs> just any jewellers of any kind would be handy as well? Yes, yes, quite. Um, he didn't take up my suggestion though. What was the suggestion? Well, all his beers are, are actually really, really nice uh, because I've drank most of mine. Um, but <laughs> he didn't take up my suggestion, which is one of his beers should be disgusting, purposely disgusting, like salty kiss or Negroni disgusting. Because people will buy it. The people Negroni, will, yeah. They part of the disgusting beer club. But no, um, all of his beers are sadly very palatable. So if someone tells me something is delicious, I want to try it. If someone is, tells me something is absolutely disgusting, I absolutely want to try it. I have it. to try it. Yeah. Um, JB recommended a film to to me recently. Which was it? Uh, Den of Thieves. Oh, wonderful film. So a net, <laughs> Netflix only film with Gerard Butler and Fiddy Sen and a few other uh, UFC oh, fighters. That sounds outstanding. It is horrendous, but so worth a watch. Well, I mean, you've seen uh, the Room. Uh, what's no. the Room? Have you never seen the Room? No. Oh, hang on. Is this the worst film ever? Is it? Yeah. Have you seen the highlights with you? And they're trying to act. Yeah. Is that a different one? Um, you've pro- I've probably shown you some clips of The Room, but uh, it's the best worst film ever. Yeah, I'm sure I've seen it. Go I mean, and watch The, the room. room. Go and watch I'll, the I'll room. go and watch The Room and also watch... Tommy Wiseau, it was so bad that one of the actors that was in it wrote a book about how, how much bad. of a farce, how, how bad <laughs> it was. Was it meant to be that bad? No. It may be a professional. So I, no, but it became a massive cult film. I, I, I remember watching it for the first time like 10 years ago. And I, and did you get through the whole thing? Yeah, it's hilarious. It's absolutely hilarious. But now, but then last year, James Franco, um, who had bought the and Seth Rogen had bought the rights to the book to turn it into a film. So there is a film about the making of the worst film ever. Amazing, amazing. <laughs> well, I, and I, that's I, called uh, uh, director. I can't remember what it's called now. But anyway, I, I would recommend *Dead Thieves* as the worst film. Not the worst film. Just there's a few holes in it. There's <laughs> some like, massive holes. Yeah, like basically. As a, a sheriff's department, which seems to have an unlimited budget, they take on one case at, at a time, and but allegedly they get results. The, the, there's at least half a dozen of them who working are, out all the time on uh, the taxpayer dime, working out or smoking and drinking and in hotel rooms with prostitutes <laughs> at all times. Oh, yeah, on on taxpayer. Expenses, yeah, yeah. There, yeah. there seems to be no there's, there's no office hours. Yeah, from, from what from, from what it's a very very shoddy opera, but hey. Can I can I play result. you a th- can I play you one tiny little bit of dialogue from from the, from the room. room? Yes, please. please. How's work today? Oh, pretty good. We got a new client at the bank. We make a lot of money. What client? I cannot tell you. It's confidential. Oh, come on. Why not? No, I can't. Anyway, how is your sex life? <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. Oh. Amazing. Yeah, well, amazing. Den- Denethys. Definitely watch it. Look out for the prom garage scene. Oh, actually, no. That is a genuinely great... <laughs> What's it called? I'm going to put this yeah. on my list. Uh, yeah, just De- Den of Thieves. Den of Can Thieves I, on yeah. Netflix. Do not bother watching Den of Thieves. Just look on YouTube. Den of Thieves 
prom pickup scene. It is comfortably one of the best. <laughs> I mean, that is genuine. Uh, the whole film, there's one great scene, and it's that <laughs> it's scene. Ridiculous. It is, it's amazing. Dynamite. The hotel room scene is very right, good. So, as watch well. a bit of rugby, uh, but in, to pass the time between yes. now and next Sunday, watch Den of Thieves and, and The Room if you've not watched it. There you go. Movie recommendations from the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast. Yep. Yep. Well, I've already done our outro. So, um, right. Let the boys play. Uh, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Get the Negronis in. <laughs>